Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. All right, we've been talking about this cycle that we find in Romans chapter 5. It's a cycle that God uses to develop us as followers of Jesus Christ. And that's really what it comes down to, it boils down to, as we follow Jesus, we should become more and more like him, okay? And so we find this uh, cycle where God says in Romans chapter 5, times of trouble will lead to joyful confidence. And if you've missed any of the weekends, you can go back uh, to our website, elevate.city, and listen to any of the previous messages. You can go to YouTube. Uh, We got a beautiful video on YouTube. Then it says this, pressure brings endurance, patience brings character, and hope uh, leads to not feeling hopeless. Amen? So today, we're going to finish out the series, and we're going to talk about character. And uh, and I was thinking this week about character and where character comes from, and I started thinking about my grandparents. Um, If you haven't been here uh, very long, that's okay. Um, My story is... Uh, my mom and dad split up when I was roughly around two and a half, three years old. Uh, my dad left. My mom had some stuff going on in her life, and my grandparents stepped in, and they were my parents. And so um, this week, I was thinking about parents, and I was thinking about parenting, and I was thinking about my grandfather and, and just where character really comes from. And I started thinking about him And I started thinking about, I am so much like him. And if we really got to the bottom of it, many of us in this room would say, yeah, I'm a lot like my mom, I'm a lot like my dad, even if we don't want to admit it, right? Uh, And that's just the truth. Um, And so I was thinking this week about him, and um, I was thinking, like, about who he was. Um, He was competitive to the core. I mean, if you're playing goldfish against this man, he's going to find a way to cheat and beat you, okay? Um, And I'm just that way, too. He was passionate. Um, He was meticulous about everything, okay? I mean, like, my room, he built these shelves, and every night I had, like, like my G.I. Joe snake eyes had a spot for snake eyes. Like, snake eyes couldn't go on the other shelf. It had to go on this shelf, Okay? And so I know that I get a lot of that from him. I know it drives a lot of you crazy when you're around me. It drives my wife crazy. It has now uh, been birthed into my youngest son, Luke, okay? We, were, uh, we uh, got Wendy's the other day, and uh, he wanted a uh, burger plain. We don't use sauce, like uh, ketchup. <laughs> so he gets a burger plain, and he gets nuggets, and so I asked him, I'm like, Luke, do you want fries? And he's like, adamant, no, I do not want fries. And so, like, I passed the bag back, okay? And you know how, like, every once in a while you go to a restaurant and, like, a few bonus fries gets into your order when you didn't even order fries? And you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. This is like manna from heaven, you know? So a couple bonus fries were in his nuggets, and he instantly started crying. He was like... I didn't want fries, and I don't want my fries to touch my nuggets. And I'm like, and Michael is just, you know, Michael's in the car, and he's like, look what you've created, Dad. <laughs> this is awful. Well, this is, my, this, is my, this is my grandfather. 
my grandfather, he loved um, so well. Um, man, I'm going to do my best. Uh, when I was 10, he had cancer. And, um, and uh, I'll never forget the day before he had went and had chemo treatments. And um, any of you have ever been around somebody who's had chemo treatments, you know that they're pretty weak, they're pretty sick uh, for the next few days after their chemo treatment. And that day was my grandma's birthday. And um, he was so sick. But me and him went to store after store. And I helped him walk into those stores. And um, he bought flowers and gifts. Sorry. He just wanted my grandma to know how much he loved her. He was just so good at loving. I remember he had to go away uh, for some treatment, and um, he was going to be gone 30 days, and I was like, just, you know, I'm, this is my dad. I was beside myself. I'm like, I'm not going to see him for 30 days. And so he left 30, 30 presents, and he left 30 notes um, for every day. Sorry. <laughs> he was just really good at loving people. Really good. Not just me, just everyone. Uh, he gave me identity. Um, Psalms chapter 127, verse 4 says this. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are children of one's youth. And... Um, you know, identity is a big deal. And if you're a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle in here today, like you need to lean in right now, okay? Because there's a couple things that I understand. I know some things about arrows and I know some things about kids and raising kids. Now, I don't know as much about arrows, okay? I'm just gonna be honest with you, okay? But I do know a lot about, about children and raising children. And so, um, hold on one second. My man, Robert Sabo, was kind enough to bring in his bow. I am not going to shoot this bow because I would kill somebody in here, okay? I'm just going to be honest, okay? There's a few things I understand about, about arrows. And um, first thing is this, and if you're a parent, write this down. I'm, I'm not joking. Write this down right now, okay? Arrows have no purpose unless, unless you give them direction. Arrows, have, arrows are useless unless you give it direction, unless you give it a target to go after. You know, talk to your kids about sex. Like, I'm so sick and tired of sex being this, like, weird thing in the church. It's like a spooky ghost, you know what I mean? It's like, you say the word sex, it's like, ooh, oh, we're talking about sex, you know what I mean? Listen, talk to your kids. Don't make it weird. Don't make it awkward. It's already weird and awkward to them. Don't make it more weird and awkward, right? Okay? Talk to your kids. Talk to them about bad company, right? Doesn't the Bible say that bad company corrupts good morals? Talk to them about that. Talk to them about their identity. Talk to them. Give them direction about who they are, who they're called to be, what you see in them. Talk to them about the Bible. Talk to them. Give them direction. 
The second thing that I, I know is this. Arrows will never hit the target without what? A bow. You got to have a bow to shoot the arrows. What is the bow? The bow is parents, okay? And our job as parents is to recognize the gifts and the talents that God has put into our children, okay? And as we recognize those gifts and talents, we help them to understand what the target of their life is. I don't like this, like, there's this very, like, um, hands-off approach in our day and time of, like, raising kids. It's like, we'll just kind of let them figure out who they're going to be. Really? I mean, like, really? Do you know the dumb people in the earth? I'm not, I mean, I'm not being mean, but they will lead them astray. You're, you're the bell to give them direction. The third thing is this. Arrows need the resistance from the bow, okay? I am not going to try to pull back this bow, okay? You will all be like, Pastor Jeff, you are very weak, okay? okay? But as you pull back the arrow, there's this resistance in the cords, and sometimes we got to bring resistance to our children. Amen? Okay? Listen, Ben, uh, my middle son, he's back in kids today, uh, he had a friend over. Uh, spend the night a couple weeks ago. And um, it was probably, he spent the night Saturday, Friday night, and then sometime on Saturday, I just felt the Holy Spirit go, no more. No more. And I understood what the Holy Spirit was saying because it was the same conversation I had with our pastors in Michigan, Pastor Beth. Uh, her son Luke had this friend named Chase. And uh, I came into her office one day, and she said, tell me about Chase. And I said, Chase is like Eddie Haskell, okay? I mean, he knows how to put on the right face, but, like, he is deep in the weeds of some junk in life. And she goes, that's what I thought. And I said, well, what are you going to do? She goes, I'm going to cut Chase out of Luke's life. It's okay, right? It's okay to tell your kids no. It's okay, like... Michael's turning 16. He's not getting his license right now because I just don't feel the peace from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit told me 17. Just because everybody else does something. Just because everybody else spends the night at other people's houses. You know what I love? That Ben didn't spend the night at his house. That kid spent the night at our house because then I got the Holy Spirit to go, no, this isn't right. Right? It's okay. Like, kids need that. And in different seasons and different times, it's different, Okay? Number four is this. Arrows don't always hit the target perfectly. Amen? I don't always hit the par target perfectly, okay? So I love, because here's the deal. Sometimes, like, as parents, we want to shelter and protect all the time, okay? And I understand that, and I, and I get that. I'm very, very, very protective of my kids. But at the same time, I think there's times where you got to let them loose because I would rather, I, I remember this, again, our pastors in Michigan, Pastor Jeff and Beth, they were so wise. I remember their daughter, Annie, she was uh, probably 15 and she went to this Halloween party and she did some drinking and, and, and I just, you know, I thought like, woo, man, like she's going to get it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm thinking this. And I remember I was like talking to Pastor Jeff about the whole situation and, and I said, 
I said, what do you think about this whole situation? He goes, I love that she made the mistake now. I was like, why? Because I thought like he was just going to be so mad that she even made the mistake. He goes, I love that she made some mistakes now. I said, why? He goes, because she's at home and, and, and I can show her the grace of God and what the grace of God looks like, but I can also redirect her life. Isn't that good? It's like, that's wisdom right there. Like that's, you just paid for them. You got your money's worth today right there, okay? Last thing is this. Sometimes the bow malfunctions. Can I get an amen from all the parents? You're going to mess up, okay? I mess up. You're going to have days where you're like, you know, word vomit onto your kids. You're like, oh, God, bring those words back, you know? It's okay. Sometimes you have to show your kids humility. Show your, apologize to them. Show them that you're not perfect. Amen? So my grandfather, he gave me just so much identity about who I was. He always spoke into my life. And I watched him as really as he watched the Father, as he watched Jesus. My grandfather loved Jesus. Jesus was first in our home. I love what Bill said about worshiping um, because you know who I really learned to worship from was him on Sunday mornings, okay, in my three-piece suit back in the day. Anybody remember those? Okay. And, you know, I remember learning uh, really three things in church from my grandfather. When it came for communion, we took communion, he always took it really serious. And I remember he, like, really, really, like, just pressed into the Lord. Uh, I, I learned to worship. It's so powerful when men worship. It's like really powerful when men worship, okay? You, number one, you don't know who else is watching you in the crowd, okay? Because men give the right to other men to be like, oh, he's a manly man, and he loves Jesus, and he worships. I, I guess it's okay for me, but it also gives your children, like, identity of who we are in Christ. And so I watched him worship, and then I remember he would always, like, he would always like let me get the uh, tithe check out of his suit jacket, and we would hold it together and pray together. And I remember like watching like he's a giver, and these are these are character things, right? So what what am I talking about? I'm talking about character that God wants to develop in all of us, and we and we get this. So much from these people that we're so close to. Now, what's interesting to me is this. This was not always him, okay? Um, My grandfather had a previous marriage before my grandmother. Uh, This is scandalous, y'all. I'm just gonna tell you right now, okay? This is scandalous, okay? My grandma and grandpa were 28 years apart in age, okay? My grandma was my grandpa's secretary. Oh, Jesus, okay? (laughs) Thank God for that, though. But before he met my grandma, my grandpa was really a workaholic. Never went to church. Sundays were for drinks and golf. He was, 
My grandpa in the 50s played on the PGA Tour for a couple years. He was part of a country club. And so, like, the idea that, like, I'm not going to the country club on Sunday morning to play golf with my buddies, and I'm going to go to church. But my grandma was like, without that, we're not together. Now, to all you young people, okay, can I get an amen already? You all, all the parents know what I'm about to say, okay? Do not missionary date, okay? Don't do it. All right. I know you hear stories sometimes. You're like, it worked out for them. It's going to work for us. I'm like, no, you're 15. It's not going to work out. It's going to be like a dumpster fire. But that's not who my grandpa was his whole life. But when he met Jesus, Jesus gave him identity. Jesus gave him character. Jesus gave him passion and hope, just like we see happens with the disciples. Okay, so Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, we're going to go through 22. It says, as Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he noticed two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting their nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. Okay, and he said to them, follow me as my disciples, accepting me as your master. Isn't that interesting text? We, in like 2021, we're like, hey, friend. Isn't that funny how we call everybody friends? I hate that on social media. Like somebody comes on, they're like, hey, friends. I'm like, you're not my friend. I don't know you. Sorry, I'm just cynical, to be honest. But like in 2021, like we're like, you know, come on, friends, let's accept Jesus and his love and his grace and his goodness. And like, like let's, let's follow him. We don't go at the end of service, hey, if you would like Jesus to be your master, a lot of people would be like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm all right. That word is, is really interesting. But Jesus was like, hey, I want you to come follow me. And I want your life to be just, in, just for me to just envelop your whole entire life. It says this, Master is teacher, walking in the same path as life as I walk. And he says this, I will make you fisher of men. Verse 22. Immediately they left their boats and they followed him, becoming their disciples, believing and trusting him and following his example. So I want to talk about character that we find in following Jesus and becoming disciples with Jesus Christ. So my first point today is this, follow Jesus. I know it sounds simple, but there's a lot to it. Following Jesus is really walking with him and doing life. This is what I love we see in the New Testament. So Jesus says, come and follow me. And then he just keeps walking. Isn't that interesting that he didn't even like give them time to like, we always are like, I need time to pray about this, right? I need time to ask like 40 people their opinion, right? How many of you know that those 40 people probably aren't hearing from the Lord? He just said, hey, come follow me. He didn't give them time to talk to their families. He didn't give them time to talk to their aunts and uncles. He didn't give them time to like go and pray about it. He's like, hey, just come follow me. 
Come walk with me. And I love that we see in the New Testament with Jesus, Jesus is just walking and they're just following. It's an example to us that Jesus is the lead, right? So we, it's just that old game when we were growing up, follow the leader. You know what I mean? And it sounds simple, but when it gets down to it, this is where a lot of us kind of, you know, falter in our relationship with Jesus. Following Jesus, there's a few different things that we need. Like, like for instance, we need the Bible. Can we just get an amen for the Bible? Like, the Bible is so good. It's so rich. And I need it. I don't know about you, but I need it. Because, like, one of the things that the Holy Spirit's been showing me is, like, I overreact in life. Anybody close to me understands this. And they all want to say amen right now. But they know they need not to. Amen, Christian? Okay. So I can overreact in life. I need the Bible to show me how Jesus didn't overreact. How Jesus had peace and patience and kindness. Right? I I need the Bible to not be somebody who envies. You know what's the funniest thing to me is like when somebody buys a new house and they like welcome people to their house and those people like come to their house and the whole time you can tell they're just like inside dying because they're like, oh, your house is so pretty. Right? We need the Bible to deal with envy in our hearts. We need the Bible to teach us how to juggle life. I mean, when you have children, your to-do list is like, like always on fire. You know what I mean? You're always like trying to put, out, put it out, just trying to keep, keep things rolling. You know what I mean? You're like just putting out fire after fire, you know? We, gotta, we, gotta, we need the Bible to help us in life, right? So following Jesus means what? I read the Bible. I value the Bible. I value what he says. You know, following Jesus means, just like we talked last week, I talk to God. Like, I give him my worries. I give him my fears. I give him my anxieties. I'm in this conversation with him. I think so often we think, like, prayer is, like, something that happens on Sunday morning or just, like, the special time before the meal. And it's like, no, prayer can be anything. I was, the other day, the other day, I promise you, it's been like three weeks and I cannot find my AirPods, okay? I just can't find them, okay? And yesterday morning, I was just like, like, this is a big deal to me because I spend a lot of time on the phone and like, I'm always multitasking and doing 20 things at the same time. And like, they just really helped me. And the other day, I was just, the other day, I was like, Lord, I can't find my AirPods. It would be really, this is really what I said. I said, it would be really cool if you'd help me find them. (laughs) I literally said that to him. It wasn't five minutes later. I promise you, it wasn't five minutes later. Michael had this hoodie of mine, and he goes, Dad, are these your AirPods? They just fell out of this hoodie. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Right? You can talk to God about anything. That's what following somebody and being in relationship with somebody, if you're in relationship with somebody, you talk to them about anything. Following Jesus means that you're growing. 
Like, I love right now, there's this podcast. It's called, it's the Jesus Image Podcast. Jesus Image. This group of people down in Orlando, Florida. And you, if you think our service is long at all, I mean, even like a little bit, their service is like sometimes like four hours long. Four, four and a half. They just worship and worship and worship. And every week he just talks about Jesus. And I'm like, man, I love this guy. Love it. I want to grow. I want to be a person that's continually growing. I want to be a person who is soaking. As you follow Jesus, we soak in his presence. I remember when uh, Christian first came on staff. And we, we have prayer on Thursday mornings. Sometimes it's real long. Sometimes it's shorter. But I remember I, I just knew I needed to help Christian understand what we were doing. And so I told Christian, I said, listen, what we do on Thursday mornings is this. We just soak in the presence of God. Because if we know how to do it when nobody's around, then when everybody gets around, we'll be able to take them to the same place. Right? So we practice the presence of God on Thursdays. We want the presence of God. We soak. Because why? We're following Jesus. We want to become more like him. We want our character to look more like Jesus. Second point is this. I identify with Jesus. I identify that I want to look like him. So when I was a kid, I had uh, VHS tapes. Anybody remember some of them things? Okay. And I had Michael Jordan VHS tapes. And I would just wear those things out where the sound would be like, you know what I mean? Like, you just watch that tape so many times of Michael Jordan's playground. You know what I mean? I watch it and watch it. Why? I was studying him. I was studying his moves. Listen, when we watch Jesus, when we read the Word of God, when we're with Jesus, we're studying him to go, how does he love people? How does he forgive people? How does he extend grace? How is Jesus generous? I want to be more like him. I identify with him, and because I identify with him, I actually want to look like him, right? And we don't get this in church. See, we think we want to be religious, right? We want to know when to say amen. We want to know how to say the right thing, the good brother handshake, okay? You know what I mean? Like, good morning, brother. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus doesn't care about any of this. He goes, no, just look more like me. Third point is this. Immediately they left. Verse 22, immediately they left their boats and their fathers, following him, becoming his disciples, believing and trusting him and following his example. So, okay, so let's break this verse down, okay? The first thing is this we see is they left their boats, okay? What does that mean? They left their identity. See, the thing you need to understand about Jewish young men in that day and time was this, that these Jewish young men that Jesus had hand-selected, hand-picked, were actually outcasts. They are the ones that were not chosen to sit under a rabbi. And because they were not chosen to sit under a rabbi, they are looked at as less than. And this is why we find them as fishermen. They're not fishermen by choice. They're fishermen because this is all they have. Okay, so they're fishermen and their future, their job security, financial, everything is wrapped up in their identity as, as a fisherman. Okay? 
And then Jesus comes and goes, leave it all. See, so many of us are so wrapped up in the identity of our job. We feel like our job gives us identity. Our job tells us who we are. You know what I mean? Like, I meet people all the time, you know? And, like, you can tell, like, my identity is A.K. Steele. I'm like, no, that's not really who you are. That's just where you work. That's just a job. And so Jesus says, I need you to leave your identity there, and I need you to come follow me. I remember I was working, uh, I was working for Walmart. Wally World, everybody, okay? Man, I fought that blue smock every day of my life, okay? I'd be like, I left it at home, you know? I mean, I just fought it every day. Working for Walmart, I'm in their um, young uh, future, like, uh, management program, and uh, they called me in the office one day, and they were like, hey, we're so excited happy about you. And they're like, we want to give you this great opportunity. They said, we want you, this is like early, early, early 2000s. And they're like, we want you to go to Europe and we're going to open up all these stores in Europe. And we're going to open all these super centers. And we want you to go and learn how to open up stores. And they were like, you know, we're going to give you a bonus. We're going to give you, you know, a 30% raise. You're going to become a manager. And, you know, they're like, you're going to go to Europe. You get to bring your friends. And I'm like, man, this is like a really amazing opportunity. And you got to understand, like, like, I'm not, I wasn't a college-educated kid, right? Like, I wasn't book smart. So in my world, in my thought pattern, I'm like, this is my future, right? Like, this is how I'm going to take care of my kids, my family. Like, like this, is, this is who I am. And then it wasn't but like a week later, Pastor Jeannie Mayo, she sat me down. She said, Jeff, you have the call of God in your life, and I want you to come intern with us. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, what does that mean? She goes, you have to quit your job. And I was like, okay. And I was like, well, how much money do I make coming and doing this? She said, she said son, you get to make $50 a week. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I was like, the taxes and tithe come out of that? She's like, yeah, it's $43.10 after taxes and tithe. And I was like, oh, awesome, great. And I went and prayed about it, and the Lord said, do the internship. And I went and sat down with my aunt and uncle that were like my parents because my grandparents passed away when I was young. And I remember I told them, I said, I'm going to quit my job at Walmart. And I told them about, you know, I had told them about what they wanted to do with me. I said, I'm going to quit my job at Walmart and I'm going to go intern for Jeannie Mayo for three years. <laughs> I remember I told them that and they, this is what my uncle said to me. He said, Jeff, you have done a lot of stupid things in your life. And I was like, I agree. I don't deny this, Okay. He goes, he goes, but this is the dumbest thing you've ever done. Right? Because he's looking at me going, you're going to throw away your future? But Jesus goes, you're not throwing anything away. Come follow me. Come follow me. Come walk with me. The next thing in that verse, it says this. Becoming his disciples. 
as disciples, it meant this. They were taking Jesus as their authority. Oh, I'm about to step on some toes right now in Jesus' name. Okay? When you become a disciple of Jesus, all of a sudden, what you perceive about the world and how you see your life doesn't matter anymore. You're like, man, that's harsh. No, it's not, because Jesus has a good plan for your life. I read it in worship. He has exceedingly better thoughts. He wants to do more than you could ever ask. He wants to do more than you could ever dream. His dreams and plans and visions for your life is greater than anything you could ever put together. And he goes, listen, when you come follow me, I'm the authority. So last Sunday night, I'm playing ball. 31 points, come on, somebody. 40 years old, come on, give me some love, all right? We're playing, and the team, they kept switching people on me. They're like, I got them, not gonna score. And I'm like, man, that's just fuel to the fire. I'm gonna torch you. One by one, I'm going through these guys, all African-American guys. Michael always says this. He's always like, man, I don't know how, but you always get the respect. I'm like, Chicago, baby. (laughs) Chicago. So this one dude comes out, and he's just like, I'm just being, I'm not being mean. Everybody look, and I'm not being mean. He's just a bigger white man, okay? And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to torch you, okay? (laughs) So he, I, I pull up for a three, and he like, like, does this, and sticks his foot out underneath me when I come down. Like, you just don't do that, okay? You just don't do that, okay? So I'm like, I look at him, like, with that look, you know, like, are we going to do this? Is this the night that I'm going to jail? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) so we keep playing, and I drive hard to the hoop, okay? As Christian and the youth group shows up at this moment, like, they, they like, come at this moment. Guyton's there, okay? Guyton's there. Love you, bro. I go hard to the hoop, and this guy, like, I go up, and I watch him as I go up. He, like, does this and undercuts my legs. Made the basket in Jesus' name. And I popped up, and it was like Tupac Shakur was on the, on, 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 on the court, you know what I mean? As Guyton and all the youth boys and Christian are all right there at that moment, you know what I mean? Like, like Farrah, Drew and Farrah, Farrah says this, there's two things you don't do. You don't mess with Jeff's boys, and you don't mess with his wife. I'm like, amen. And I'm like, you might as well add this to the list. You don't undercut me <laughs> when we're playing, we're playing basketball. So I pop up, and I'm like, you know, yeah, like, I'm like, you know what I mean? And Jess is over there, and she's just like, I don't know who this person is. Why did I come? But I remember when Jesus is the authority, so I, I, I get into my prayer time on Tuesday, and the Lord goes, no more. And I was like, God, he undercut me. <laughs> I'm like, you don't do that. He goes, no more. 
He goes, there's guys out there on other teams that I want them to come to your church. He's the authority. I know what I want to do. It's not always what he wants to do, right? Last thing is this. I'll go quickly. They believed and they had trust in him. They trusted him. Who do you trust? Because I promise you, family members, your spouse, your mom, your dad, your friends, me, we're going to fail you. Who's your trust in? Who do you trust? Do you trust people? Do you trust this world? Because, man, people are messed up. I'm messed up. I love, like, I love sharing moments like that because I want you to see, like, I am just a man trying to become more like Jesus just like you are, right? I know I'm a pastor, but I'm still just a man. But people will disappoint you. People will make you angry. People will let you down, especially when you put people on pedestals. I've been watching the Tiger documentary uh, documentary that they've done, and, and I just thought, man, look how people put him on a pedestal. If you remember back in like, oh, oh, four, oh, five, man, he was just like, I mean, he was people's saviors. And, and we do this in church. And, and you do it to me, too. You put me on this pedestal. It's like, don't put people on pedestals. Put Jesus on the pedestal. He's perfect. He's not going to fail you. He's not going to let you down. He's going to lead you in the right direction Always, John 15, verse 13, it says this, for the greatest love of all is the one who sacrifices it all. Jesus sacrificed everything for you so that you could follow him, so that you could know him. 